Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. A couple of quick housekeeping items. Of course, it's a Wednesday, so... Buy, Seller Hold is coming your way later. Uh, the Weekly Profit of Woe and Lamentation as well. Uh, a couple of quick housekeeping items, though, for you, if you don't mind. Uh, number one, um, the uh, the HVAC unit here at the office, the entire unit has to be replaced, apparently. And Let's Go Brandon has hit the uh, supply chains. that This unit has to just be wholly remanufactured. They can't just, like, order one. Yep. So between that period of time... And then the time to get it installed. It is conceivable that the background noise you are hearing right now will be present throughout the majority of the rest of this summer. Correct. Is that fair? Correct. You guys have been incredibly patient. And maybe we get some of the credit for this because we test your patience all the time anyway. So if you're still willing to put up with us, just a little bit more background noise is just maybe it's not that big of a deal. Good distraction, maybe. It is. On the other hand, because we do test your patience, maybe offering you even more objections to why you should not uh, why you should continue listening also may not be a great idea. But I just wanted to let you guys know up front and thank you for your patience. And we are every bit as frustrated as you are, but. Uh, here we are. Let's, I think you, let's go, Brandon. I think you just threw down the gauntlet on the next great Steve Dace challenge. Remember, I crowdsourced uh, my daughter's leg concerns out, and I ended up talking on the phone with, like, brain surgeons, literal brain surgeons who are fans of this show. Why not like, yeah, see who in America what? can solve this problem? You know what? If you are an HVAC guy in yes. central Iowa and you're on Twitter, DM me your number yes. and we'll talk. Because yeah. we're going to, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where we've got to get some more stopgap measures. We've got this nice little, it's Medea, which used to be Toshiba. It's a nice little portable AC unit. It's taking the edge off the heat, which is what it was intended to do. It's been running full blast. I, I hope it lasts as long as we need it to, but we got to find some other backup stopgap measures. And if you do DM Aaron, understand, we don't own this building. Yeah. All right? So this is not the place to come and make bids to install a new HVAC on the Thank roof you. or any of Thank that you. stuff. Yeah. Okay? Details. All right. Detail. We're, we're talking about if you can stop help, gap if you can help us MacGyver this sucker yeah. in the meantime. All right? That's what we're talking about. Uh, also, and, and I was remiss in not m- mentioning this yesterday. Forgive me, but... Uh, an absolute giant in our industry passed away uh, this week, Stu Epperson Sr. And if you don't know who that is, I, I promise you, if you are on the broadcasting side of this business, you do. Um, but uh, if, if you don't, uh, Stu Epperson Sr. is the, uh, or was, the founder and uh, founding chairman of Salem Media, the largest Christian broadcasting company in this hemisphere. And... I mean, he was just a uh, a tremendous gentleman. Um, was active well into his well into his eighties, um, athletically, bike riding. Um, he is one of the people that God strategically placed in my path. I had no idea who. Well, I mean, I knew the name, but I had, would have had no idea how to get in front of Stu Epperson Sr. on my own, and. Uh, his son, who remains a, a friend of mine to this day, Stu Epperson Jr., just called me out of the clear blue sky. I didn't know him either. Just called me uh, about called me the day after I left News Radio WHO and decided to go ahead. Let's go ahead and see 
you know, John Boyd's got to go ahead and see what, uh, what, light, what those big lights are beyond Walton's Mountain, basically. And I had no idea how to get there, how I was going to stay there, what I was going to do when I got there. And I think the very first call that I received was from Stu Epperson Jr., the, like the next day. And uh, that, became, that, that became a friendship, a partnership, um, got to know his family, his father. Uh, and uh, it ended with, uh, I mean, Stu Epperson Sr., um, I mean, he, he sponsored me at CNP, which is the Skull and Bone Society of uh, the Conservative Movement to Council for National Policy. Um, he wrote a letter of recommendation uh, to the board at Salem, recommending that they create a new time slot for me um, on their national syndication network, and they eventually did. That's when you guys first came on board as we were their show from 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern on, on Salem stations across the country. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, if you knew him, just just a first-class gentleman. It just you you weren't more first-class than Stu Epperson Senior. And uh, um, if you if you know of an event called National Religious Broadcasters, which is one of the biggest broadcasting conventions that happens every single year, I mean, a lot of that is Salem, um, and Salem has really branched out. They're into the multimedia. Um, genre now they were a, a very successful streaming host for nefarious during our pvod window back in june um it's just uh, a great dude and i am very confident that he has already heard by now well done good and faithful servant so i i wanted to i wanted to mention that before we moved on and uh prayers for 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 Stu jr that entire family uh everybody at salem um I mean, all the on-air hosts there were very good to me, uh, even though I was probably the furthest right of any of the rest of the hosts <laughs> at the time. Now, you know, now they brought in Dinesh D'Souza and Charlie Kirk and Eric Metaxas, so the network's moved more right than it was when we were there. But we were there with Michael Medved and Hugh Hewitt, all very nice first-class gentlemen, but one of these things was clearly to the right of the rest. But they could not have been better to us. They could not have been. And uh, um, I just wanted to express our sympathies and condolences. And I should have done it yesterday. It just skipped my mind. And forgive me. I'm sorry about that. And um, I, I just would not. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a list of men uh, that, uh, that God just put miraculously in my path. I couldn't have found them, gotten to them, known them if I tried. Uh, that are the reason why I am wherever it is I am today. And Stu Epperson Sr. is one of them. So I just wanted to make sure we recognize that before we moved on. And with that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by another Banana Republic, if you can keep it, updates. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel charged 16 Michigan residents yesterday with providing an alternate slate of electors after the 2020 election. The 16 individuals are being charged with various types of forgery and breaking election laws. The charges announced by the leftist Michigan Attorney General carry sentences of between 5 and 14 years in prison. Those charged range in age from 55 to 82 years old. In completely unrelated news, here's MSNBC's Chris Hayes with rabid lefty Michael Moore after the 2016 election. 
Do you think there are people who are pushing very hard who think that um, because of some of the constitutional perils of the emoluments clause, uh, because of the popular vote margin, because of um, a fundamental, they think, threat to liberal democracy, that, 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 that electors should be persuaded and pressured on Monday to, to part with what their pledge is and vote, and vote against Donald Trump? Yes, they absolutely you should do so? that. Absolutely. I, I believe right now that there are electors. They only need 38 of them who have a conscience or who are worried about a man who won't attend the daily security briefings who uh, who we now know Russia was trying to help get elected. Moving on, Ron DeSantis unveiled his plan to reform the U.S. military and get rid of the woke. The plan is lengthy and detailed and involves measures like eliminating diversity, equity, and inclusion staff at virtually all levels of the military. DeSantis' plan would also ban drag shows on military bases and would disallow men who feel like women and vice versa from serving. DeSantis also made his first foray into the mainstream media yesterday, sitting down with Jake Tapper of CNN who asked him, among other things, about his plan to bar trannies from serving. Look, in the military, it's all about the mission first. So there's a whole bunch of reasons uh, why you focus on mission first. People's individuality, it does take you. You do have to check that at the door, and that's not the only example. There's a whole host of other examples. So I think the military culture is unique in terms of that. Now, in terms of the larger issue, the question is, is you know, what role does someone that's a man have in women's activities, even if they conceive of themselves to be a woman? I think it's wrong to have men compete in women's sports. And I understand some of those men conceive of themselves differently, but it's not fair to the girls who are competing. It's not fair to the women athletes, the swimmers who lost that national championship uh, to the Penn swimmer, I mean, they've been training too. So I don't think it's good for that. And I think having things like locker rooms where they're having to share uh, with somebody who's of the opposite sex, you know, I, I think is wrong. So I would respect everybody, but what I wouldn't do is turn society upside down uh, to be able to accommodate, which is a very, very small percentage of the population. DeSantis was also asked what he has to say about people who say he's gone too far to the right. There is a narrative that they're almost trying a little too hard with this to try to say, because they've been saying that I've been doing poorly for my whole time as governor, basically. This is always the case during COVID. Oh, you know, he has a state open. He's going to lose. Then he fought Disney. He's going to lose. And then this. So they always want to get there and never quite works out. And in fact, I actually remember you, you did the debate with us in 18. Sure. And before we did the debate on CNN, and you didn't have anything to do with this, CNN released a poll saying I was down like 14 or 15 points. Now, that was the narrative at the time. He's going down. So I think some of this is motivated reasoning, but I kind of get a kick out when they say he didn't fundraise well when I did more than Biden and Trump in the second quarter, and I'm just a governor. So I didn't believe that poll was accurate, just for the record. <laughs> Last night, Donald Trump flip-flopped on whether he wants to embrace early voting and legal ballot harvesting. My question is, do you now encourage and embrace early and voting, voting by mail, and legal ballot harvesting? I do, but I also have to say something else, because the one thing a lot of people, but this is important, including you, do. don't talk about, they also create phony ballots, and that's a real problem. That's my opinion. But they create a lot of phony ballots. Checking in on Joe Biden. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level, and they are, and, uh, and, uh, and the Polish uh, yeah, he's asleep. In other news, yesterday, the Louisiana state legislature overrode Democrat Governor John Bell Edwards' veto of a bill that bans meatball surgery and chemical castration for minors. They also failed to override vetoes on a couple dozen other pieces of legislation, but it's still a win. HHS Admiral Dick Levine, your thoughts. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard.
What if you're going through the wrong puberty? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? A story to watch in North Carolina comes courtesy of the UK Daily Mail. A young North Carolina woman is suing the medical team that put her on testosterone at age 17 and surgically removed her breasts the next year, saying she was fast-tracked into transgender care for profit when she really needed therapy. Prisha Mosley, 25 years old, says she was confused and battling mental health problems when clinicians suggested cross-sex hormones and a double breast removal after brief consultations one lasting only two minutes in her 53 page complaint she says doctors lied including by saying testosterone jabs would solve her problems and make her quote unquote grow a penis she has since decided to detransition and live as a woman and seeks financial damages. Again, that's a story from the UK Daily Mail. Country Music Television has pulled country music star Jason Aldean's new music video for his song, Try It in a Small Town, saying the song has undertones of lynching. By the way, here is an excerpt from that music video. That's offensive, according to country music television. And finally, Bible prophecy YouTubers at 2 a.m. Now, we know for a fact that Donald Trump is coming back into power this month. Okay, we know that for a fact now. We were, we were divided up. We were in the group chat. We weren't sure whether or not he was going to come back this month or during Rosh Hashanah. But after the submarine sank and confirmed our Daniels 9 interpretation, I believe that we know what's going on now. Okay? And, and also, in case anyone was curious, we know for a fact now that Elon Musk is the Antichrist. Elon Musk is very clearly the Antichrist, ladies and gentlemen, because he's got that Neuralink thing, that chip they're going to put in people's heads. And I feel like they're going to use that to make sure that people don't read the KJV translation anymore. They're going to make sure that everybody is reading that NLT or that NIV or, God forbid, the Passion Translation. And you know what? These really are the end times. These really are the end times. And if you want to know what's going on, I need you to go to my website. I need you to download my prophetic e-course. It's only $777, and it's got some secrets in there that I had in a prophetic vision six months ago when I was on shrooms. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> I'm Catholic. Is that real? It could be. <laughs> straight up. It's it straight up. That could be. I, I wasn't sure either. Is that because I, I mean, I, I see some of that stuff on quote unquote Christian television. No, nah, it's a parody. It is a parody. Mercifully. Yes. Because you know why? You know what? It's parody that we see some of that stuff on Christian television yeah. for real. Yeah. Who did that parody? Let me uh, look that up real quick. I, <laughs> I looked a little bit this morning, but I couldn't find out. That is. I mean, I, I, I it, that could be real. That could absolutely be real. Aaron's montage. Now you're making me feel like I got to defend my fellow Protestants that you're still laughing at this. Okay. Oh, wow. except except I except I I, I can't defend that. That's I've, I've Taylor seen Ransom it. is the name. Taylor Ransom. I've actually seen that stuff. I mean, I've seen it. That he's got the the accent, the glasses. I mean, the blown out music. Yes, and then uh, the. The green screened, uh, you know, set behind. I mean, that's and that's exactly what it looks and sounds like. So that that could be real. There are places on quote unquote Christian television where that will air today, and it aired yesterday, and it will air tomorrow, and the day after. Yes, 
Aaron's Montage brought to you by maybe something you need after watching that. Our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. Excellent red wines grown from deep in the Andes Mountains. Malbec grapes grown at 9,000 plus feet of altitude, so only the very best. By families that have been doing this now for going on a third century. And they're outstanding red wines. It's a great time of year for red wines. Of course, they go great with red meat for grilling season. You can get the three-pack of bottles, imported foreign wine. 50% 50% off, and the shipping is free. So you're not paying the freight to, for that wine to be imported right to your door. 50% off and free shipping, plus a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar thrown in to make it four for the price of three at half off and free shipping. When you go to bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve, that's bonnerprivatewines.com slash Steve. Let me, as your Christian brother, even the score then, because... The Louisiana legislature had to override the veto of a Catholic governor yeah. to make sure that we don't chop up children. So, there. The Catholic giveth and the Catholic taketh away. All right. The score is now even. Thank you. Um, all right. Let, let's, let's get to the montage. I was not aware it was a crime to try to convince or even... Um, file alternate electors that you're not bound you're not constitutionally bound I, I think people understand this the, the, the process that, that our founders gave us was for checks and balances all the way through so the electoral college those electors are not bound unless, unless their states have passed laws now maybe Michigan has and I just haven't looked I don't know the answer to that um, but unless your state has passed a law that has bound electors to the choice of the voters, constitutionally, it, you are not required to vote the same way. And then I would even say, just on principle, you know, as a, you know, my worldview created civil disobedience. We, we, cre- we brought it into the world. I mean, I, I would say even if your state bound you and you had a conscience that, that, that said to you, I cannot do it. Now, understand, you know, Joan of Arc's a hero today. At the time, she was burned at the stake for doing things like this, right? <laughs> which is why a lot of people don't do it. OK, but, um, you know, I would say you're if if you're a believer, your conscience doesn't permit you to do things that God says is wrong, no matter what force of and will to power the state brings to threaten you, actually. Since we just had an end times conversation, I mean, that's that's your preparation for the antichrist that you will refuse it doesn't matter what you will be threatened with what you will be uh, shunned from that you will be exiled to you will refuse it as the apostles did as the church fathers did as the saints of old did as many christians that don't have any form of a free society they live in are doing so this very day that you will say no i will not comply as for me and my house we will follow the lord we follow the lord and i have and, and i have no fear of death because my Lord lives forever, and I am his, and he is mine, so shall I. By the way, so will you, just in a different place. That'll make you regret that you didn't know my Lord the way that I did. Right? That's the plan. Yes. Right? So before we even get to legalities, I mean, I have no problem just as a general rule. If your conscience says the system I'm being asked to partake in is corrupt or wrong morally. Now, we might have different morals. Okay? Mm -hmm. And in that case... Then I, you know, if your moral standard is because you want to stop me from castrating your children, I conscientiously object. My answer would be 
thank you for outing yourself. Now here are the handcuffs. Okay. Um, you know, because that's not moral. That's mutilation. Fair? Yes. Yeah. So then we get into an argument of what is truly a moral standard that justifies conscientious objection or civil disobedience. But I'm okay having that argument because that's, a, that's inevitably going to lead back to my worldview. My worldview wins whenever that argument is had. Whenever the argument is, um, shouldn't we do everything the state tells us to do? That's not usually one that's really good for our worldview. Our worldview tends to, tends to win when it's about, I don't do everything the state tells me to do. I do what God tells me to do because God is God and the state is not. Um, so, I mean, maybe Michigan law says it binds its electors, but constitutionally, maybe you don't realize this. When, they, when the Electoral College meets in December, as it was originally formed after every presidential election, they are not, unless your state has, stat, by statute, determined differently. Originally under the Constitution, they were not bound as electors to vote the same way as the states did because the states could get wrong, could be wrong. The founders didn't believe in the inherent goodness of human nature. So they set up all kinds of layers of checks and balances. That's why juries were created almost as an unofficial fourth branch of government. All right. So should the judicial branch go? Com- should the independent judiciary go completely wrong, you know, and decide that we're going to put grandmothers in jail because they dressed up like the Minnesota Vikings mascot and set in Nancy Pelosi's chair? Should that happen? What a jury is supposed to do is nullify tyrannical acts of the mm-hmm. state in that case. That's why they're there. That's why you're given a trial, an option to have a trial by a jury of your peers. All right. And so the, this entire system was predicated on, on the distrust of human nature, while at the same time recognizing that we still had to rule each other. So how are we going to do that? We're going to put as many fail-safes into the system as we possibly can to have as many checks and balances on human nature as we possibly can and essentially make up for our sinfulness in volume. That was the plan, all right? So instead of concentrating power in a select few or a select few agencies or a select few departments or one central government, which is, you know, what the, the Democrats want, the founders created a system that said we could all be Democrats any day now. We're one decision away from being Democrats. So why don't we just set up a system now where there is a constant, almost a tug of war of one human nature against another. And then invariably, maybe we can find some way to mitigate against um, our own flawed flesh in that, within that process. When, if we're going to have everybody with different self-interest in, 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 in contention with one another, then, then the, the, that creates checks and balances, mutual admiration, you know, mutual admiration. Mutually assured destruction. That's, you know, uh, the law of the jungle. There's certain things maybe I want to say to you that I won't say to your face because you'll rearrange it if I do, right? Now we don't have, now we have zero tolerance policy. And so the victim and the bully is, 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 persecu- is, is prosecuted equally the same. And so the bullies, of, care, of course, don't care about your zero tolerance policy. And so now the people that do care about it are the ones that would stand up to the bullies and now they don't, right? Or we have social media. Just say whatever the hell you want about somebody and think you can get away with it. Because, you know, you never had to be punched in the mouth before. But our founders lived in a time where they understood these realities of human nature. And so they created a system where we would be able to play off of each other's frailties and weaknesses on multiple levels. And then ultimately, if we ran out of offices, if we ran out of station, by which we could avoid human nature from imposing its will on us, then the final arbiter of that was you were armed. And you could shoot them 
if that was if that was necessary. That was the final. That's why they gave you the Second Amendment. Ultimately, hey, we we've we've created these 18 enumerated powers, these three branches of independent branches of government. You know, these state governments. We gave them all this autonomy with the Tenth Amendment, right? Okay, and then you get local government. All right, all right, got all these. We gave you juries so you can nullify the Department of Things like a Department of Justice later on if you have to. Okay, we've got all these things that we put into place, but we understand history has shown there is no foolproof method when it comes to human nature, right? Right. So then the final stage, if none of those things work, final stage is Lord of the Flies, but this time it's even because you've got guns too, okay? So you get to shoot back or just shoot them first if you have to. That's, that was the plan. I, what I essentially gave you right now in the last 11 minutes is an entire treatise on a, a very applicable, simple to understand treatise on the uh, schema and methodology of the uh, the government created the constitutional government created by the founding fathers of this nation that's how it was supposed to work that was it is it working like that right now you mean it wasn't what michael moore said it was no no it's not it's not working like that right now okay you've got the gun over there speaking of weapons you ready all right are you i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to thread a very slim needle here oh boy All right. There it is, folks. Okay. Because this didn't make the montage, man, but I was fascinated. Just hear me out. And I'm open to being punished if I I go overboard. Okay. But I was fascinated by the poll that the University of New Hampshire put out yesterday. Oh, where are you now? (laughs) Feeling lucky, punk? I'm, I'm, I've got the best job in the world. <laughs> I get to shoot my boss because Annie asked me to, in fact. Um, one, I don't know a lot about the state's internal metrics. Okay, so that's one of my mitigating factors. I'm pleading mercy on the court. I don't. I, like, I just found out last week that New Hampshire was the least church state in the union. Did you guys know that? I did not know. Did not. Okay. All right. So I didn't know that. I learned that last week. Um, I've not had a... I've not, had a ch- right now the New Hampshire primary and they haven't finalized it yet, but I'm told it is slated to go one week after Iowa. And so, quick turnaround, quick turnaround, momentum coming out of Iowa will be even more key, I think, in that scenario. Am I beginning to convince you to put it down? No, I'm just I'm ready. I'm just ready. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I don't know a lot about the state. This was a very comprehensive poll. They they let us see all of their internals. They even let you see the word cloud. You know, like the, when, they, when you ask people, hey, what are the words that you most associate with this name? They even let you see the word cloud. And the, and the words that they say most often are in bigger print and stick out more, okay? But all the words that your sample says will show up. But the words they say the most are the ones that are given the most attention and the most prominence and within that cloud. And so this is the reason I'm the reason I was fascinated by it is public polling doesn't typically let us see this level of internal stuff. Typically, you got to work for a campaign like I have in the past to get this kind of proprietary information. First question. So why are we seeing it? Okay, that I don't I don't know the answer to that. I I don't. Okay, but it's it's because I saw that it was included. It is the first time I have truly studied one of the uh, primary polls, like all the way through, okay, and looked at it because it included the kind of information that if they were doing this privately for a client, doesn't mean that they're good at it, by the way. I don't know if they're any good, okay? But the methodology is the kind of stuff that usually a politician would pay a lot of money and the campaign would pay a lot of money to see stuff like that, all right? And so the fact that they're letting us see it for free, I found fascinating. 
I found it fascinating that RFK Jr. is polling at just 10% in this poll. He's down 70 to 10. 70 to 10. And I, I have to ask ourselves, or I have to ask, I think we should ask ourselves, how much of RFK Jr. is just a conservative media thing? And how much of it is a, a thing thing? Well, there's been an element of that ever since he announced. Yes. And I, and hey, we brought him in at the blaze for the Whitlock uh, jab special. We went down to Nashville for that. So I get that, you know, but ultimately, you know, he is running as a Democrat. I, I have to believe here's a question. So here's a question. If RFK Jr. were in the Republican primary field and had all the same issues, positions on the issues he currently has. Would he be would he be higher than ten percent in that UNH poll yesterday? No, I don't think so. You don't? No, it'd be. I think it'd be it'd close. Be within the margin of error. I think it would be within the margin for error. Yeah. All right. The top line of that poll had Trump thirty seven, DeSantis twenty three, and then it was a chasm after that. Christie, I think, was next today. And the thing that stuck out to me more than anything in that poll. Well, two things did. The word cloud for DeSantis, like we've been talking on the show this week. To me, the, the, the message for the DeSantis campaign, because I don't think they have quite found their core message yet. To me, the message is you're the strongest leader in the race. I mean, if you're not the strongest leader in the race, then what are we doing here? Why'd you get in the race? Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would explain how he got things done in Florida, how he moved the state of Florida, why he does things that other Republicans only have talked about in the past. He's the strongest leader in the, in the race. The number one word... And that was associated with DeSantis in the word cloud in that UNH poll. Do you guys know what it was? Strong. That's number, a good day. Number one word. So, of course, I liked it because it affirmed my own premise. <laughs> right. Completely independent of my own train of thought. I've, every, we all like being right, uh, or, or at least someone telling us we are, even if we're not. Okay. So I liked that. The other thing that stood out to me, though, if you have children, DeSantis up by 32 points in that poll. That part I saw. Yeah, that's a... And I, and, I, and I just think if you want retribution for the past, you're going to vote for Donald Trump. If you want to secure the f- future for your, chil- for, the, for, the, for your children and grandchildren, you're going to vote for DeSantis. And I think that's the, that's the whole primary right there. And whichever, those, which one, whichever one of those two messages reigns supreme will reign. Back here on the Steve Day Show, we are in the height of summer. That means it is cooler season. And if you want a really cool cooler, one that not only works great, American-made by American workers, uh, but also comes with a lifetime warranty and one that you can customize. So if you want to do this for a gift, for a corporate event, for your own company, uh, your family, um, they can do that for you with our friends at Taiga Coolers right now. T-A-I-G-A. T-A-I-G-A is where you want to go. TaigaCoolers.com. You can see what they have on their catalog, or you can have one designed for you. Family, friends, clients, etc. TaigaCoolers.com. Use the code Steve for a 10% discount. Code Steve for a 10% discount when you go to TaigaCoolers.com. One more time, T-A-I-G-A. T-A-I-G-A is how they spell it. TaigaCoolers.com. Promo code Steve. All right, let's put a quick bow on... The, the polling from the University of New Hampshire. And did I escape the uh, I'm not I'm, I'm, I just found it. A, I found it a fascinating intellectual exercise. Uh, 
Um, I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, break it all down or anything of that nature. It's just there was a there was a level of information that they provided you publicly. You do not typically see provided publicly uh, by public polls. And it's also a state I don't know very well. And with the quick turnaround. Like, for example, I could say, you know, if we were doing kind of our old Steve Dace analysis, I could say that that poll shows Trump has a ceiling because he could not have had a more favorable environment to dominate on a state level than the last couple of months where his with his issues and really his persecutions. I wouldn't call them his issues. It's what they're trying to do to persecute the fellow. Um, it, those are the things that have dominated and it's been hard for anybody else to get traction. So if I'm Ron DeSantis and I'm pulling in the, almost to the mid 20s there and, and there's nobody behind me. Right. I mean, I, that's a pretty good poll for me. Um, given the current conditions on the ground right now. And I think also speaks to momentum coming out of Iowa for whichever one of those two guys wins on January 15th, if New Hampshire stays a week later, will be vital. That's what I would say. I'm not going to say that, though, because I, I'm not doing that stuff anymore. And I don't want to get shot. <laughs> okay. Now, the key there is actionable intelligence there that can be used uh, to gain ground you get in trouble when there is no actionable intelligence that is quite frankly a rehashing of stuff we've known for a long time but yep. you get neurotic about it because and I feel like just, I still have to, there must yeah. be a way to make sense no, of it this can't. 48th time no, no there's not uh, thank you I, I really just thought it was a unique depth of information they provided the public that if you have been on a campaign or you have access to one you get to see no. if they have money you don't get to normally see that kind of stuff in a normal in just a public poll here's the most the, if if the you said 32 points family was the difference there's your blueprint yeah if if, if, if just to, re, to reset if you have children at home you favored DeSantis by 32 points over Donald Trump can you remind me that even the Democrats lamented which party was often cited as the family values party mm-hmm it's the Republicans right yeah most of our lives yeah. if that's what you ju- if that data is true, and Ron DeSantis can't win the Family Values Party. I'm just saying we're we're in we're in really big trouble. Like, so the- since you brought that up, um, let me say this: when when you get involved in l- what I would call learned speculation, and this would be you are invest betting. Uh, I'm sorry, investing. If it's a sporting event, it's called betting. If it's the soybean market and the stock exchange, it's called investment. But they're the same thing. They're the absolute same thing. Meteorology, or at least what it used to be. Yeah, Educated you, guesses. You are, you, are making, you are investing your money in a speculative environment that you cannot directly determine the outcome singularly yourself. And therefore, it is up to third parties. And you believe you can accurately gauge when it is the right time to buy or sell in said environment. That's what I mean by learned speculation, all right? The way that you, the way that you profit in these arenas is one of two ways. Um, you can, uh, you know, just be a very, very disciplined investor, look long-term, leave that money there for years, realize 3% is what the if you get three, if you can compound interest of 3% a year in the stock market over 50 years that's your retirement right and and you just don't even look at it most people don't have the discipline to do that though right okay and the and so this is why you end up losing money 
particularly when it comes to going up against odds makers in Vegas, is most people aren't, aren't that disciplined and do this emotionally. And they vote on the, they, they try, they vote, th- they bet, or I'm sorry, <coughs> invest on what they think the outcome will be, as if you're smarter than all the people setting the lines in the markets, right? You're not. Okay, maybe forever you might you might be smarter in one or two instances, but overall you have to begin from the premise these people know more than me. So what are they telling me by where the market is set? Um, or you bet on what you want the outcome to be, right? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what you think the so you're you're projecting magical thinking. Okay, the third way is if you are if you are if you if you know how to spot inefficiencies in the market. And you are, and you can accurately gauge. And so, people who do professional sports betting, professional speculators, people that don't own companies, they just buy and sell stocks, and that's their business themselves. Okay, what they believe they can do is spot inefficiencies in the market, that they know ahead of time when to buy something, and they know ahead of time when to sell it. They can see things coming other people can't. Because they put in the work, they put in the homework, and therefore they're able to gauge how much public perception is determining the value or the market value or the odds of something, as opposed to what are the actual odds and value of something. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. If I could bet politics in Iowa, our governor lets us bet everything else, soybeans, corn, sporting events, okay? But we can't bet politics here, okay? If we could bet politics in Iowa, I'm just telling you right now, I take whatever is in my... Uh, sports betting account and I'd let it all ride on Ron DeSantis right now. Now, why would I do that? Do I think on July 18th, or I'm sorry, the ni- it's the 19th now. Do I think today, July 19th, Ron DeSantis will be the Republican nominee for president? I don't. Do I think the odds of him being the Republican nominee for president are only 11%? Oh no, they're, they're demonstrably higher than that. Why? Why would I make that claim? It's just my own opinion, because if it's just, that's how you lose money. Let me tell you why. Okay. Because the odds that he'll win Iowa are much higher than 11%. I don't think they're 50% right now. I wouldn't put him higher than 40. I'd probably put it 25 to 30. But if I think his odds of winning Iowa are 25 to 30%, that means because if he wins Iowa, what are his odds 11% the day after? No. No. In fact, if we get closer to Iowa and the polls show he has a real chance or our buddy Bob Vanderplatz endorses him or I do or the governor Kim Reynolds does or all three do. Well, the polls show that there is a narrowing there and then the odds of him winning the nomination would go up, meaning right now are the best odds on Ron DeSantis I'm ever going to get. I'm ever going to get right now. This is the lowest buy price I could get the best odds. Now's the time to buy. Don't wait till other people understand it. Because I think there's an inefficiency in the market. Because if I think there's 25 to 30% odds Ron DeSantis will win the Iowa caucuses, then his odds of winning the nomination will increase thusly immediately after. Especially if New Hampshire's just a week later, right? Because now you can carry that momentum a lot easier over to one state or the other. So you don't wait until, well, the polls now show that DeSantis is doing better. Well, everybody's buying it then. And so there's not, as, not nearly as much market value. The market value is found in finding the inefficiency in the market. An 11% odds for a guy that right now has, I would guess, and as someone that has called every Iowa caucus correctly in the last four cycles. If I'm telling you I think there's at least 25 to 30% odds Ron DeSantis is going to, be, is going to win Iowa sitting here on July 19th, that's a pretty good, pretty good assessment. All right? 
Plus, I may know some things you don't know yet, which also helps me make my assessment. So if there's 25 to 30 percent odds he'll win Iowa and a and the University of New Hampshire came out with a poll yesterday that showed, despite all the narratives that uh, the campaign missteps and he's lost, doesn't have a message and he's way behind. He's he's down. Is it what's the latest uh, Reuters national poll? Trump ninety five points. DeSantis two point three and Vivek one point nine. Right, that, whatever they are now. Okay, and yet here's a New Hampshire poll that shows that he's well within striking distance. When will his market value get any lower than it is right now? Now, one way that it could go lower is on August twenty third if he goes out there and bombs. That could, it could go lower then. It might Scott Walker then, right? Yes. Yeah. But can you control that? No. No. So, you, know, you, don't, you don't invest on variables. You invest on constants. Because you can't control variables. And right now, this is the best market time to buy Ron DeSantis. Because I think he's at his floor. I don't think he can go any lower in public perception than where he's at right now. And in the early states, he is still actually performing well. Look at the crowds he drew in South Carolina. That's a state that, frankly, I might have even said don't even try to win. I think that's so automatically Trump. But he's gone down there on two different swings and, and, and delivered really strong crowds both times. So what I see, to use an analogy, we're at the bar. Talk to me. <laughs> I want to, by the way, I just want to state for the record, it was... The local archdiocese in Grand Rapids, Michigan, that taught me how to gamble, all right, with, with casino night. They taught me how to play poker, all right? So it, it's you Heathens over there, on the, uh, you Heathen Catholics. You guys did this to me, okay? But um, we used to. We used to actually go to the casino nights that the archdiocese would put on in Grand Rapids. So Totally believe it. And, uh, True news. It just, it's facts, yes. So what was I saying? Um, oh, looking at the market. We're okay. at the bar. Yeah. Okay. So we're at the bar, right? All the candidates come and sit down at the bar. All the, the, an attractive woman comes and sits down next to Ron DeSantis. Now, this conversation's been going on for a while. It's not really going anywhere right now. Like, you're listening in, you're thinking, eh, might not have used that line, or, eh, might have told a better joke there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But she, guess what, though? She's still stirring her drink. Maybe even ordered another. Let you, let you buy her another one. She didn't get up and walk away. Now, what does that tell you? What it tells you is, huh, she's interested. She sees something in him. She's interested. The problem is he hasn't seen yet what, what she is interested in, in him. So the connection hasn't been made. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the interest is there. Like, she's still sitting there. She's at the bar stirring the drink. Laughing politely listening she she thinks she clearly thinks from what she can tell of this man there's something there i'm interested in now maybe i'll find out maybe i'll turn maybe i'll be wrong and I'll, I'll i'll go home tonight alone and realize i wasted three hours of my time okay but eh, i'm gonna find out now i'm not gonna sit there forever and eventually it'll be last call closing time right and mm-hmm. it'll be down, down to brass tacks and you know he'll have to make he'll have to make the close but I'm going to give him a chance to make the close. That's what I see. And frankly, I think the only candidate in the race that a large amount of people are doing that with is Ron DeSantis. And I think you see that in that New Hampshire poll. And I think you can see why Trump and Trump Inc. 
you know, if you want to beat Trump, let me tell you what you can ever do. We made this mistake on the cruise team. So I, I can give you a clinic on how to get your ass kicked by Donald Trump. I did it. Okay. You can't let, you can't hate him. You can't despise him you can't, because he'll turn it around. First of all, he'll drag you into the mud where he wants to be, and that's his best environment. Secondly, you'll send a, me- a message that you actually hate his voters and not him. And don't want to do that either because eventually you need them to be your voters, right? You have to be better than him, stronger than him, stronger, stronger than him. That's what you have to be. There is one candidate in this race that people want them to sell them. I think Trump's floor is a lot higher than Ron DeSantis's. I think Ron DeSantis's ceiling is a lot higher than Donald Trump's. A lot higher. And the reason they're still attacking Ron DeSantis, it's not, it might be personal. I think it's very calculated. They see the same thing that you saw in that University of New Hampshire poll yesterday. That, that she's, she hasn't left the bar yet. Ron, we haven't driven Ron DeSantis's favorables into the ground with Republicans. He's still very well liked. He's still polling way better in the, in the two early states than he is nationally. We haven't finished him off yet. She's still interested. We got to get her to walk away from the bar. She hasn't done it yet. She wants him to close her. She wants him to do it. She's interested. Now, he may not be able to do it. He may not. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'd much rather work for a candidate that the, uh, that the voters want them to be sold on than the other way around. Okay? And that's the only candidate in this race that I think that applies to that can build a critical mass to actually win this nomination. And that includes Trump. Trump has reached his ceiling. There is not another layer of Republican voter out there that is thinking suddenly, all of a sudden, you know what? I'm reevaluating this after eight years and I've just totally changed my mind. No, everybody's minds are made up. There is only one candidate in this race that everybody wants them to give, wants to give them an opportunity to sell them on his candidacy. And it's DeSantis. And I would be betting on that right now if I could. Because right now on July 19th, do I think he will pull it off? No. Based on what I'm seeing right now, I don't. But do I think the odds are a hell of a lot better than 11%? Oh, yes. And I think those odds will be higher on August 19th and September 19th and October 19th, November 19th. Or at least they'll be trickling higher by the time we get to those dates. So now would be the time to buy. Thoughts? When does Trump have to make it known if he's going to appear in the debate on August 23rd? It's Donald Trump. Ten minutes before the debate begins on August well, 23rd. Well, has a marker been no. put down? I will tell you, everybody I am talking to thinks he will not do it. Both Trump people I know and DeSantis people I know, I think it's a terrible mistake by Trump to again give Ron DeSantis a chance to go up there and dominate the dwarves. Because Ron DeSantis can win the nomination without ever actually having to contest with Trump. Because... 60% of the, of the Republican Party wants another nominee. Mm-hmm. They're making that, they've, made, they've made that very plain in all, of the, in all of the early state polling. I don't know if I'm Trump. Why would I let, Donald, why would I let Ron DeSantis, who's battle-tested, go up there and pimp-slap Vivek Ramaswamy around for two hours? I don't understand that. I don't understand why you'd give him a free shot on the media well, summit in front of 500 pastors in Iowa. I don't get that. Isn't he, this isn't the point of my question, if he's running a parallel campaign, it doesn't, isn't Donald Trump calculating you can't possibly, no matter how how well you do against that crowd you can't possibly look as strong as if you go up against head to head against me and you're perceived as that's true me. that's true but ron DeSantis right now needs to win that other lane he's not he's not to the point of taking on trump right now 
He has to he has to make it very clear. He has to eliminate the rest of the candidates. I am the only other non I'm the only other non-Trump option. He he's the leading non-Trump option, but he has not confirmed that yet. For example, DeSantis's issue, if I were advising him, is not that he's polling behind Donald Trump even poorly. It's that he's polling in the teens when he should be in the 20s and the 30s nationally. You see what I'm saying? That's the issue. He needs to beat the other candidates. He needs to make it plain right now. Don't you, you, you? Yes, she's still at the bar, but she's looking over at Tim Scott. Probably was until last Friday's performance. Looking over at Vivek, you know, thinking, "What's my backup plan here tonight?" You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You want her eyes on me, eyes on me. You've got to win that battle first. Then you worry about taking on King Kong later. But you win that battle even if you beat him head to head because everybody saw it and they didn't do it and you did. I I, I agree. But if I'm Trump, I, I don't give Ron DeSantis any more free shots, any more free audiences. I, I just don't understand the strategy. I, I thought it was dumb in Iowa. I think it'd be even dumber to do it in Wisconsin. We are back here with Hour 2. Buy, Southern Hold coming your way in a moment. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Just email us, Steve at SteveDace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok. Aaron, of course, is very excited. NFL training camp's opening up today. Yep. So take a deep breath, brother. <laughs> we made it. All right. Um, what else? Oh, if you listen to the podcast, uh, if you have yet to do this, please. Uh, if you like the show, of course. If you don't, don't lie. But if you kind of like it, really exaggerate. Leave us a five-star review. If you like the show, thank you to all of you that have. And then remember to hit uh, follow or subscribe on whichever applies on whichever podcast platform you prefer. And thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already. Uh, Buy Southern Hold is brought to you by our friends over at Constitution Wealth Management already this year. They have helped our listeners to realign $10 million of their prosperity with their values. Uh, and they've still got a lot of work to do. Um, there could be billions of dollars they believe, of investable income in our audience right now. So that's hundreds of thousands of listeners times $100,000 per household. And I'm guessing if you're in the investment game at all, you may not necessarily have aligned your portfolio with your principles because maybe you were told you couldn't do that. You know, they're going to teach you that you can, that you can deploy maybe the most powerful weapon you have in the culture war, your wealth. And you can deploy it as a weapon Uh, while getting a yield at the same time, that you can both be a profit and also profit. That's what they'll help you do. Go to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Book an appointment today. Get your retirement investments aligned with your integrity. constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. Again, head over to constitutionwealth.com slash Steve. And forgive me, Todd, I I shouldn't do this on the air, but this reminds me, we got to get these guys on the show for an interview. Because they, I think... Pardon me. They are a wealth of information 
Like they would be a good guest to have on from an informational standpoint, even if they weren't a partner of the show. I mean, these guys really know their stuff and they know what time it is. So something to think about later this summer. Okay. All right. Let's get to it. Buy, sell, or hold. This is where you, our beloved audience, comes forward with a series of propositions. Todd, you and I will decide. Now we're going to buy those. Are we going to sell those? Um, if at all you decide to hold, no exceptions here. If at all you decide to hold, then you have proven you are a wimp. You have punked out. And you're going to be, you're going to let Lindsey Graham hold you tonight, brother. Nope. Hi, he's going to, and, and nope. tightly, nope. tightly. I have a gun. <laughs> I have a gun. Aaron, you changed my life in so many ways. My resources. Welcome. We started this year with a noose on the set. We shall now finish it with a gun. America right there. I'm Liam Neeson now when you bring that stuff to me. I have a particular set of skills. Yeah, and, and if you, even if you don't, I'm at point blank range. Yes. All right, let's go to it. All right, we're going to begin kind of uh, soft and easy here with this barrel full God. of laughs. Richard Thought Criminal says, somewhere in the world, NIH-funded researchers are trying to figure out how to make cancer contagious. Wow. They... You're late to this party? Um, what do you think they were already doing? They, a lot of the research shows, have you heard of the, what is it? What, um, what kind of cancer? Uh, zoom, zoom cancer. Peter McCullough calls it. Um, turbo? It's turbo cancer, yes. Turbo cancers are coming out of nowhere because of the jab. They already did it. Hmm. I'm going to sell just because I know what it means and what must be done if it truly is a buy. And I just... You wrote the book. I just I just don't want... I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell. You I wrote just, the book. Just, just because I just need it to be, not be true. Next, we will go to Data Mast. A pumpkin-spiced, pumpkin-shaped, orange-colored Reese's cup is a bridge too far for Steve. Are you kidding Dude, me? Do you even Steve Day show, bro? A bridge too far. I would make a bridge out of that. Yes. Like I would, I would build that bridge in my. Aaron wants a koi fish pond. Yeah. I want that bridge in my backyard. I would just walk over it, skip over it. Steve's backyard. Nibble on it the daily. Willy, the Wonka yeah. chocolate factory. Yes. Just Reese's. How would that be a bridge too far? I don't know. A marriage of That's two of my I favorite uh, sweets. Selected it. Was I and, missing something? And here? Reese's peanut butter cup? By all means. Like this morning, a little oatmeal for breakfast. Went into the spice cabinet. What do you think I put in my oatmeal? I've got pumpkin spice the spice, y'all. All right? Pumpkin spice yeah. the spice. That's you right. I've got pumpkin spice as an actual spice When I say we don't our do spice cabinet. for rhetorical flourish on this show, when he talks about this stuff... It's real. It's it's and, it, and it's spectacular. Well, that's, no. <laughs> almost, folks. NFL training camps are opening, which means it is also almost pumpkin spice season. Yes. Almost here. Next up, Sean Griffiths, another list. Top five daysisms. Uh, you bet your sweet bippy. Yes, but I stole that from uh, the old uh, TV show Alice when I was a kid. I think Flo said that on the show. But yeah, I do say that a lot. Yeah. Ain't no fun when the rabbit's got the gun. We don't use this as much as we used to. We used to, yeah. My mama taught me that lesson, yeah. That's a buy, yeah. After a fair trial, of course, yes, like that. Yes, we're using that way too often. 
for the for the time uh, period. But yes, what's you bet. the benign and innocent explanation for that? Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, and of course, it's not a nation of laws and never has been a nation of political will and always will be. That one I coined myself. So yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, those are good. Thank you. James Miller has this. More indictments like the 16 in Michigan will be made in multiple states in the lead up to the 2024 election. So, James, thank you. I meant to mention this at the top. During the break, I did go and look it up. And forgive me, I I should have done this before the show. I didn't even think about um, individual states are able to bind their electors at a statute level, despite the Constitution providing you no requirement that you have to vote the way your state does at the Electoral College. So I went and looked it up during the break. I think I counted 28 states. I was, you know, with my chubby fingers. I think it's 28, 28, might be 29, might be 27. But it's somewhere in that late 20s number of states do, by by statute, require you to be bound to the way your state voted, and Michigan is one of them, all right? Our Iowa is not, by the way. And and it, it's not even a blue state thing. There's plenty of red states that do it, too. I mean, I, I saw Wyoming. I saw Tennessee in there. You know, you, also concerned that a couple of, uh, you know, moveon.org rejects get in there and hijack your electoral college vote. So it's, 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 it's pretty bipartisan. I mean, it's a mixture of blue and red states that require you to vote. Uh, if you are an elector, the way that your state did on election day in the electoral college, our state, Iowa, is not one of them, but Michigan is. So even though constitutionally that is not a requirement, if if indeed they were trying to get alternative electors to the way the state of Michigan voted by statute of the state of Michigan, they could they are very much in legal jeopardy and will need very good legal representation probably to avoid spending some time in prison, I'm afraid. But of course, this is that notwithstanding. Absolutely. This, this everything that the left does is, is some level and the left comprehensively as an uh, uh, official party, uh, it, it's it's adherence, the press. It's all election interference. We know this by now. And so, yes, there's a reason. Even in little Carlisle, why do I get the cops called on me in two cease and desist letter? The same kind of thing to make you. They, 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 they think they're going to win that game of chicken, and they're right most of the time. I'm just insufferable. Next, John Slow says Jason Aldean's song is an anthem to move out of your blue state. Yeah. 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 I, 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 well, first of all, oh. if, if you do what's in Jason Aldean's song and you are a small town in a blue state, you're screwed. You're doomed. Okay? They're nailing you. And... That's just the reality of where we live. Now, maybe you'll have a sheriff that'll, you know, um, post um, a boundary and not allow them in to come and get you. But, I mean, these are the kinds of conversations that, unfortunately, are necessary and paramount in the era in which we live. You're just, you're just not safe there. No, no matter how red your hamlet is. You need to understand that if if you put on meaningful resistance, not, you know, complaining and even vehemently on your social media accounts, but meaningfully, you you take power away from them. They use things like violent riots to as an expression of power. These are stormtroopers. okay? that's what they are. It's an expression of power. 
And the message is, hey, this happens to you if you go against, you go against us. And, and we get to behave like this and you don't get to do anything uh, demonstrably in self-defense up against us so that you live in fear. You will comply. That's the message. And um, if you are in a red state and you do anything to meaningfully push back on their, ability, their, their will to power, they will bring the full might and power of what they possess against you. And you just need to understand that. And it won't, and it won't be you simple mean a to get a, if you're a, in a, a blue state. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it won't, it won't be easy. Yeah. to get a fair hearing, it just won't. Carter, it ain't so great in a red state either. I mean, they're in Nashville, Tennessee, country music uh, association. Yeah. It, it takes his video off just months ago, directly in the same week, in response to a tranny killing Christians at a school in Tennessee. In Nashville, I believe a suburb, was it in Nashville proper or a suburb of Nashville? Yes, it was in Nashville proper, I thought. Just within that week, there were several country music acts. One of them, I believe, was Kelsey Ballerini, who had purposefully transgender performers up on stage with her. Yeah. So, you know. I agree it's not great in red states either. I would say, though, you at least have a, pardon the pun, fighting chance. Sure. I don't think you have much of a chance in blue states. As the, as the Marine that was saving people on the subway a month and a half ago is finding out right this very minute. But uh, uh, the, the, the subways of New York City. Tennessee and Texas, you know, it's funny. I, Iowa, you, and you talked recently quite a bit about why Iowa is the way Iowa is now and the work that uh, you and others put into it. But no one mistakes, historically mistakes Iowa as, you know, one of the heavy hitters of the cons- uh, 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 conser- a stereotypically conservative place. Nashville, Tennessee and Texas. Yeah, those wear those hats and have proudly and have made money on those perceptions. And now both of why are both of them left to the left? of Iowa. There's mm-hmm. no good reason for that. And you have to do something about in that state. And it's the exact opposite of making sure that you that Jason Aldean has to go away and be quiet. That that's insane. And I hope people right there are going to figure out that this cannot stand and we're going to do something about it sooner rather than later. Well said, Todd. Next, Chipper has this. The best Star Trek first officers in order. You're going to have to help me with the first two, Steve. Number four, Kyra Neary's. That's, that's Deep Space yeah. Nine, right? i got to go William Shatner on this. Have you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> uh, number three, Chakotay. That, Chakotay. Chakotay. That's, Vo- that's Voyager. Yeah. Number two, William T. Riker. You know and that number one. Number one, yeah. Spock. I mean, the first two are automatic gimmies, right? After that, I think it's just highly debatable. But the first two are automatic gimmies. It's one of the great Saturday night skits of all time. It is. It is. Yeah, it is. And I've said this before. My wife has said to me many times over the years, if she didn't bear my three children, she'd swear I'm still a virgin. Yes. Next, Pastor B. Kaufman says, Ron DeSantis' campaign slogan, we can win. No. Sell. Sell. I, I, think, no. I, I, think it's, I don't think it's a good idea to, to, to litigate the electability argument. The hardest, the hardest sell to make in politics, take it as someone that's been involved in a lot of primaries and lost almost all of them. Um, 
the hardest sell to make in politics. Uh, when I, I'm sorry, contested primaries against an incumbent, I should say. I've won quite a few primaries, just not very many against a sitting incumbent. The hardest sell is to convince people that have been voting for the same person before to not do it again. That's the hardest sell. All right. And one of the hardest things about there's two difficulties with it. Number one is it's hard to message this without making it sound like you're telling people you were an idiot for falling for the guy's act previously. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that's hard to do. Um, not saying it's impossible. It's just hard. Num- number two is you need to get people who wouldn't traditionally show up in a primary to show up. Right. And, 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 and the challenge of identifying who is worth selling, who's worth my investment time or who just I like the guy. I believe in the guy. He was, came to my Rotary Club. He did something for me. He did this, that. Who is just personally invested in that incumbent? And so what are you even bothering with them for when, when you know, there's only so many resources like time and and things of that nature to go find winnable voters? All right. There 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 are. The, to, The reality is, if, let me say this, if, if I were running the Ron DeSantis campaign, if I sat down with the governor privately, here's what I would tell him. You cannot control what is happening with Donald Trump in the Department of Justice. You have no control over that. It is every bit as possible that they may hand him the nomination by f- digging more people's heels in as it is that he might not be eligible to be on a ballot this time next year. He might be in prison. He might be... There's too many variables. Too many variables. Here's what you can control. 60% of this party, and even more in the, two, in, the, in, the, in the two early states, are open for business. You can control what you message and what you say to them. Go after them. Go after them. If the race is about the past, you will lose. If it's about the future, you will win, but not because you're the most electable candidate. Why are you the most electable candidate? Because they could just they could define that the other way. If I'm on Team Trump, I can say, well, of course, you're more electable. You're the establishment neocon hack like Romney. That's the tact they've tried. Right. So you walk into that. You step on that rake. No, because I'm the strongest leader. I'm the guy that took the county, that Palm Beach County, that started the hanging Chad phenomenon in 2000. And 20 years later, I won the damn thing. All right. I'm the strongest leader. I'm the guy that literally, you know, uh, wrestled Hurricane Katrina in Florida with my bare hands. All right. I'm the strongest leader. I'm the strongest leader. Make that case. Because that's what the other 60 percent is waiting to hear. And electability is part of that, but it is not a central factor in and of itself. Polls show Nikki Haley would be Joe Biden. You want Nikki Haley being president of the United States? That make you excited? Give you a warm fuzzy at all? Not particularly. Not particularly. So it's it's you're the better president. You are the better leader. Focus right now on crushing. Yes, she's still at the bar, but you want to make sure she's not wondering. Eh, is there anybody else here? Keep her eyes focused on you. Close that sale. Win that bracket. You can you, before you go to take on King Kong. Convince people you're Godzilla. You are a co-titan. That's what people thought you were when you got in the race. Now they're not so sure. 
you need to confirm you are the co-titan here and make the rest of these irrelevance officially irrelevant. Do that. Because that's where the majority of the party mindset actually is right now, particularly in the two early states. And that's all that matters. And Iowa matters much more because if you get blown out there, you're, not, you're done. So you need to win. I'm in the Godzilla bracket. Because right now, King Kong's got problems on Skull Island, right? Called the Department of Justice. The natives are restless. They're throwing spears at him, trying to take him down, rope him, okay? You know, King Kong's got his own fights over here. For goodness sakes, if Donald Trump beats the entire Department of Justice and his own negatives and gets reelected, you weren't going to beat him anyway. He truly is God's anointed. And I will put one of those Jesus with his hand on Trump's shoulder oil paintings behind me because it's true. Because that's what it would take for him to beat all of the things that are up against him right now. That kind of anointing. You're not going to out-strategize people who can just say whatever they want, lie and cheat. You're going to need, you know, frankly, an anointing to defeat all that. And you, if you're Ron DeSantis, you can't control that. And, that, and the, majority, the majority of the party wants to move on. Give them what they want. The future. Show them the future. You're the future. Show them that. Show them you're Godzilla. There can be another titan on the island. And maybe one day King Kong and Godzilla have to fight. But they've also both been their own very strong independent uh, film franchises for many decades at the exact same time, right? Mm -hmm. They don't always have to appear and often have not appeared in each other's movies, have they? But people like, respect, fear them both equally. So first and foremost, Operation Godzilla. Worry about King Kong later. King Kong's got, a, King Kong's got his own problems over here and they're real. You need to convince people you're Godzilla and go out there and squash the rest of these wannabe titans in that bracket. That's what I would do. Todd, any thoughts? I don't want to get in the way of... That may be the finest cinematic and political analogy <laughs> Steve's ever done. Skull Island. Or the worst. Chicks at bars, cheesy Jesus pictures. It was all there. <laughs> I dare you to do better. You ran the gambit there. <laughs> That's great or terrible. I'm not sure which, but we'll go with yes. Okay. Next up, we have Jedediah Moses, one of my favorite names ever on Buy, Sell, or Hold. I like, I, like, I like Bruce Jenner's uterus. That is my favorite Twitter handle of all time. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will win a Super Bowl with the New York Jets. Sell. Sell. He could, but will is a tough word, man. And yep. the, the roster of, of Hall of Famer-in-waiting quarterbacks or potential Hall of Famer quarterbacks in the AFC is... There, there's going to be a team with a Hall of Fame quarterback in the AFC not make the playoffs this year, potentially, yeah. looking at how, how deep why. that it's, goes. This is not a knock yeah. against I – mean, I, listen, Rodgers, he, he's at that age now. It, you never know when the next year is the, where the wheels start coming off. I mean, I, if Tom Brady kept it going and going and going. But, like, and I get – people on sports radio, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a good year. Aaron Rodgers – didn't have a good year last year relative to the past two just winning the MVPs, okay? You're not an MVP. He didn't have a bad year either. He was, like, he was above average still by any standard and a top 10 NFL quarterback. So I... could. It's it, Steve's analysis. It's it's more than possible that he can win a Super Bowl there, but it's just hard. It's, it's going to be hard for Aaron's team to win. It's just... A challenge. You're, he could be third in the division and have one of the top 10 power-rated yeah. teams in the yes. NFL. You're in a division with the greatest coach of all time. You're in a division where the Miami Dolphins have as good a roster 
man one to 53 as almost anybody in the NFL does. It's just the quarterback is brittle and one concussion away from maybe not playing football mm-hmm. ever yeah. again. All right. And then you've got the, the Buffalo Bills who probably had the best roster in the NFL one to 53 the last two years. They're not as deep and talented as they were, but they still have some some of the best a you know frontline players that exist in the NFL. That's your division. That's before we get to Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Before we even move on beyond that, yeah, that's just in your division. You could finish third in the division and have a top ten team power rate in the NFL. So, I just think you're asking a lot. Next up, Ben Chambers. Uh, for as red as Iowa has become, our people in Congress, U.S. Oh, that's Congress, a buy. suck. Yeah, that's a I'm buy. I'm actually selling on this. Uh, our people in Congress suck. <laughs> he understated it. Yeah, for whatever reason, man, and I don't know why, I believe me, I'm thinking a lot about it. Okay, we have just not been able to. Now, if I had my choice of sending great people to D.C. while the state sucks, I'd, or sure. have the state rock and the people in dc all suck i'm making that trade any day of the week fair okay Mm -hmm. because i don't live in dc and the the chances that really good people would make a great headway indeed that's why i told chip roy after he got you know dude you just beat cancer don't run again you know that's why i told him that three years ago i mean i don't you know you did your tour of duty you've 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 spent enough time already in dc how much good could you possibly do there you know i mean one of the things we're going to talk to daniel horowitz about at the bottom of the hour is Republicans are going to you know, are going to have this budget funding fight in September? Well, we've got the Department of Justice is out there persecuting the main, the the the, per, the perceived champion of the Republican Party. Why the hell are we funding this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and like almost nobody's even talking yeah. about it, frankly. T- you know, just keep right, just just keep cutting Jack Smith checks. Okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, what, what is the point of that? All right. And so, well, Steve, why wouldn't that apply? Then why wouldn't you want DeSantis to stay in Florida as governor? Well, it's different if you have the executive power and you're the one wielding it now. Now you're in charge of the largest corporation in the world called the United States Executive Branch. Okay. And that includes the intelligence agencies, the military, um, the Department of Health. I mean, every meaningful bureaucracy in America is, 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 is under your thumb to some degree. That's why. Okay. But I don't know why we've not been able to get better people to represent us because our entire congressional delegation is somewhere from meh to oh hell no like all of it you know this is why again why i want to go i was talking with matthew peterson about this on on friday why i want to run for federal office i got i gots to know i mean what happens are there or what is drawing mostly because i've having been at the state capitol and seen what they've done the, the last two years these people are fighting for their own backyard it, it, it's real they are there's a bunch of people there that that's first and foremost it's not about hollywood optics i'd like to be on the show that that it's enti- it's clearly almost entirely opposite when it comes to the federal government, and or the the, the deep state notion of, of of grift or various various nefarious forces are just so so overwhelming by the time you get there that you you're simply paralyzed. Next, you ready to move on? Ready. Next, Maurice S. Simpson. Has this one of the funniest moments on the day's group was uh, thus far was when Steve walked off screaming, "We lost the Veggie Tales guy." Buy yes, seller. Buy. I'll buy because humor's in the eye of the beholder. So if you think I'm it's buying. one of the funniest, that's your post, then I buy. Okay. This one might be one of the most odd submissions we've ever had. Raymond Fava has this: eating the following animals: rabbit, 
I've had it before. It's not terrible, but I'll, yeah, if, if I had to. Okay. You ever had I, rabbit? I've never had it. I wouldn't be against it. I'd, uh, so you're buying uh, bison. Sure. So, I'll buy that. Yeah, I've had I've a bison had burger yeah. before. Yeah. Deer. Yeah, I've, I've had, had venison it. several it's times. Fine. Yeah. Alligator. Not my uh, thing. I've I've uh, tri- I've tried it and it's you know popular down in uh, Florida at beaches. Uh, so I have no problem. Ostrich. Um, this seems that's a no for me. I've had all of these. Have you? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I, I I walked out of an Italian restaurant here in town when I first moved here because the special was ostrich and it, I just found it oh, disgusting okay. so we walked out camel yeah, burgers I've had camel of, as well camel burgers are super good you've let's not say like that's it would take something that egregious for you to walk out on a meal come on you just, I did I've I walked seen you out. like <laughs> just I just thought the ostrich sounded disgusting so we, I, we left and went somewhere else yeah. that grossed me out uh, Jeff Myers says, looking back on it, rolling up your jeans tight at the ankle in the early 90s was a pretty gay fad. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> I didn't know it was a fad. I just did it so I wouldn't, fr- if the, you know, if my I'm, pant I'm legs g- were too long, I wouldn't fray the, fray the pants uh, legs. By I'm going to sell and, because. Maybe what, I'm just a, confirming a, this. A pretty gay fad is in 2023, looking back on rolling up your je- your guest jeans from the 90s. That's a pretty gay fad. Yeah, okay. Jeffrey. Just, yeah, that's even just, your real name. Exactly. Chartreuse. <laughs> I see you and raise you, gun gayness. You know that guy's like 6'4", <laughs> 230, 6% body fat, and he's listening to us right now at the gym. And he's like, I'm going to wreck these guys. <laughs> uh, next, uh, Mark Fillert says, Ron DeSantis is the embodiment of Russia's saying that true conservatism wins every time it's tried. His, yeah. yeah, that's true of him as a governor. That's true. Yeah. Yes. And that's why she's at the bar. Because that's what she saw. Okay? That's why she's waiting. All right? So, you know, re, re take a, you know, Order another round. All right. Get the same drink she's got. Okay. Order another round. Close the sale, man. Yeah. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. Exactly. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Chipper says, DeSantis' new intro music before getting introduced on any stage should be Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town. I like that idea. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. I'll buy that. That's a good idea. Yep. Uh, Pumpkin Cat 1031. Uh, Fox's firing of Tucker was the best thing for him and us. Actually, should we? We don't have yeah. very much time to Bye. react yeah. to this. Do you want to expand on this at all? We can tease this for the overtime. I, I, it's the, I do think it's the best thing for us. I'll buy that. It's probably the best thing for him, provided he can avoid some of the temptations we talked about yesterday. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Provided he can avoid that, because the temptation now, everybody's going to come running to him. Be our new gatekeeper now. You're, you'll be a better gatekeeper. You, you, you gatekeep for yeah. us now. You he know? doesn't want to. I don't think he does, but man, it's hard to say no when all, you know, uh, all that uh, leg flashes at you at the exact same time. Daniel Horowitz will join us next. I know sometimes things can sound too good to be true, but in this case, it's, it is. 
you can save an average of 10 grand on your 2023 taxes, but you got to do it right now. If you're a consultant, software developer, coach, photographer, content creator, graphic designer, any, any number of uh, other specialities out there, an entrepreneur, you need to use collective.com and you're going to love the flexibility and control you have versus a normal job if you do. Um, there's nothing like doing great work that you love and you get paid for it as well, but you probably hate the crushing, busy work that every solo entrepreneur has to deal with, like business formation, accounting, bookkeeping, even taxes. If you want um, to hand that off to somebody you can trust, do so with our friends over at Collective, the all-in-one financial solution for freelancers, contractors, self-employed entrepreneurs, especially if you're making north of 60 grand a year. All right, Collective handles all those things, including payroll, all right? So take advantage of it right now. Go to collective.com. That's collective.com. And tell them Steve Day sent you when you go to collective.com. Let's bring in the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Our good friend, Daniel Horowitz. It is good to see you, brother. How are you? We're doing all right. Working in conservative industry. Couldn't be better. (laughs) Remember when Rush used to say, when I get older, I want to work for the two-state solution. Remember that? It's a similar thing. All right, then. So we're off. Try the veal. Yes. You've got a piece out. We, we brought this up during Buy, seller Hold last segment, and I just saw you've got a piece out right now or the blaze. And, you know, Trump last night, I agree, was talking about, you know, I get impeached. Look what they're doing to me. Look what Biden is, is already accused of, guilty of. We've got, the, we've, got, we've got the goods. The Republican senators come out and say we've got the goods. Go on camera and say we've got receipts. He's like, where's the impeachment? Nothing happens. And I agree with him on that. But you have a piece out today pointing out another truth here, which is, you know, we've got, you know, appropriations still begin in the House, I believe. Republicans have a majority in the House, correct? They formed this weaponization committee first day uh, back in January, right? Well, who's having the federal government weaponized against him more than uh, the former president is? So where's the effort to defund DOJ? Why are we still just handing Jack Smith blank checks? Yeah, I mean, what, what are we doing? What was the point of the last damn election, Daniel? Do you know? We all remember last year. Right. The big talk. Oh, my gosh, we, we, we got to have the Republicans win back the House. We got to get relief. Well, I kept saying, what does that relief mean? Oh, uh, the presidential election. Well, that's January 2025. What is the relief of the Republicans winning the House? Now, we understand you can't pass everything you want to pass. But here's the deal. To pass legislation, you need all three branches to agree, ultimately. But for Biden to get a budget to fund his government, he needs all three, and you control not just one of them, but really the bigger one, because the Senate is kind of muddled, because without 60, it's not like the Senate Democrats could pass anything. So Republicans have the leverage to, with a simple majority, pass every one of the 12 appropriation bills, including some other kind of must-pass bills, certain authorization bills, like the defense authorization bill, have it reflect our spending levels, our values, our policies, message it, and pass them effectively. The Senate Democrats cannot do the same thing because they can't really do anything. So then you, you come up against the October 1st fiscal year budget funding deadline, and you're like, take it or leave it. This is what we're doing. And there's a lot of issues we need to deal with. Obviously, the biomedical security state, the training stuff, uh, you know, um, the problems of grooming and education, the border, all different things, green energy, you name it, inflation, cost of living, okay. But one of those things is weaponization of government to target, surveil, and prosecute people for their political beliefs. 
Well, the biggest thing, as you well know, of all the things I mentioned on that list is Mitter Trump, right? Because, I mean, nothing is, is close to the magnitude of that. So we are told this is crossed the Rubicon. There's nothing they've done until now that did, but this thing certainly did. So what are you going to do about it? You see, you have been very articulate about the timeline. It's very unlikely that Trump, if he loses the legal battle, will not be in jail by January 20th, 2025. So if your goal is to save Mr. Trump, so there's really only one way of doing that, and that is having a knockdown, drag out budget fight. So what I did is I wrote a column to try to strategize on how to make it resonate with the American people the most. And what I'm advocating for is that Speaker McCarthy announced that he is canceling the August recess, which, by the way, is more than August. It's like from July 27th until September 12th. Hmm. Right now, they plan on being out for six full weeks. So they have like four legislative It's a big club, brother, and we ain't in it. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I take off all August, too. But, but, you know, um, and... I said, look, while Biden is, you know, tripping over the sand at the beach and while Senate Democrats are traveling all over, you know, their goofy international trips, have House Republicans show that they're serious about governing? Because right now they have problems. They don't have enough time to pass all them. There's too much division. Go in there the entire summer. You have the place to yourself every day. Pick a different area of government and spend a few days on it open amendment process, because right now they just rush it at midnight, no one's paying attention, command the bully pulpit, do press conferences, media campaigns on this area of unpopular government. We're defunding it, not just quietly do it in some amendment no one's watching on C-SPAN, make a big deal out of it. And then you get up to the weaponization, and if it is really this indefensible, they should have enough evidence to stand before the American people to demonstrate how it is a banana republic political targeting, and we are going to deny all funding within the FBI to target and within the DOJ, uh, the U.S. Attorney's offices, uh, whether it's in Florida or in D.C., to prosecute President Trump. And then here's the thing. Right now, they're kind of passing some of these bills, but there's no confidence they're going to stand behind it because that's what they did with the debt ceiling. They passed a decent bill and then moved off of it. This is where the rubber meets the road in terms of the entire purpose of the GOP winning back the House. Now, we don't expect to win on everything, okay? Divided government, but you should win on something. And we are told, I mean, I think, Steve, right, this is the number one issue. I mean, just gauging by our colleagues. Sure. We could, I mean, if you look you at know, our we industry, we should care and, more about Donald Trump than ourselves at this point. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, so I'm just saying face value. So wouldn't you do this? And, and you got to message it properly. And I think with the Democrats ceding Washington to them, this would be the perfect time to look serious about it, pass a bill. And then if you're doing there, doing the legislative work, canceling your vacation while the Senate is doing nothing and out, you have the leverage to say as the clock ticks down September 20th, 25th, 30th, midnight, October 1st, this is our bill. We're funding government, but not um, banana republic government. Take it or leave it. Why is it that we have not heard Trump himself even call on his guy? I mean, that's that's you know why he's there, Kevin McCarthy, to defund the prosecution against him. See, impeachment doesn't do anything because impeachment you could pass it conceivably through the House, but you know you need 67 in the Senate, and you won't even get anywhere near all 50 
Republicans to impeach Biden, and it won't stop the prosecution anyway. Um, so it will just kind of, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but it just, relative to a defund fight, it is much less popular, much less sellable. It always works against us. This is the fight. I, I but, but, but Steve, the answer to that question is the same answer as to why we're not doing it on any other issue, why we're not doing it in the red states where you don't even have Democrats that could block it, why we're not advancing the ball one morsel over the last generation on getting better candidates for governor and senator. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what it is. Governance versus grift. All right. I've got a follow up here, but I got to go back. I, I mentioned our friends at Collective a second ago. I buried the lead. I forgot to tell you guys. Um, you can get $100, $100 off right now with Collective. Probably should have pointed that out. You're all in one financial solution. My bad. So collective.com slash Steve, get $100 off between now and September 1. $100 off right now. If you lock in your lower rate for the full year today, $100 off right now between now and September 1st at collective.com slash Steve. Okay. Could they even, and I'm asking this question for a reason. I'm not advocating this morally but could they even give us a fake fight could they even grandstand could they send a budget over to the democratic senate that does a line item out this stuff yeah democratic senate of course rejects it and then they can at least go back to their base and say we tried yes but it's this or a government shutdown that's on the table like they they could even grandstand it right okay now here's why i'm asking i wanted to confirm that what is it what do you think it means that they're not even willing to do that they're not even willing to that, that, that. Those are the kind of fights we got most of our most of the years growing yep. up. Right. OK, that, that, that's your 50 votes against Obamacare a decade ago. Right. Kind of stuff. OK. Yeah. What does it say that they're not even willing to do that if that's the case? So, so Steve, I, I can't say for sure that they're not. It's it's one of the appropriation bills that's lagging for those who want to look it up. It's called Commerce justice science so in that is the justice department would be that's one of the 12 um look they've had some good provisions like in the state department bill they did defund the who um now i think it speaks to your broader point that unless they employ my strategy it will not build the confidence that they're serious about standing behind it remember they had that amazing debt ceiling bill that everyone unified behind and he never planned on even indulging 10% of it. It was a joke. And that's the concern here. So I don't know. But assuming your premise is correct, because I haven't heard noise that they wanted to do that. I mean, they are going to slash the budget of the FBI. I think we know they'll do that in this in the at least fake bill or at least the attempted bill. Um, Look, I mean, to be fair, they are doing what Donald Trump requires of them. And it's I, that was my follow up question. Why isn't Trump demand if if you if you were the reason the Speaker of the House was in power and that is where appropriations began and you are looking at the rest of your natural life in some form of incarceration, would you not be screaming from the mountaintops to your guy? What are we doing here? I mean, I would be. I don't understand that. It's an emergency. I mean, all of our colleagues. I mean, this is this is the biggest emergency ever. So, I mean, you know, it kind of like what we have been saying for several issues, you know, the the vaccine mandates. You know, we said that at the time you got to, you know, defund it in the NDAA and all this stuff. And, and you know, no one seemed to care. It was just another day in politics. Uh, so, so this is what should happen. I I have a feeling that whether he's right or wrong, in Trump's mind, he does not envision the scenario you're laying out. 
Um, he doesn't envision himself ultimately, you know, spending time behind bars like the people who, uh, you know, were led into a trap on September, on, on January 6th did. But he does believe that the worst thing you would possibly want is a resolution to the problem. But at the end of the day, the facts speak for itself, that this has been a big boon for him in the primary. Okay, that, that, that's, that's a rela- reality. It has changed the landscape of the primary. Trump, people are kind of starting to move on from him, and then now he has a pretty nice commanding lead. So why would you want to resolve that issue? I mean, that's, that's, that's the issue from his perspective. And if you look at conservative media, it's a reflection of that. What is the top line outcome of what they're saying? Tune into the top 50 people on iTunes, Steve. What is the kind of takeaway? What, what's the marching order? You know, I put out some things that we should do to retaliate. Like, for example, we should have Texas law enforcement hit up DHS officials on human smuggling because they're working with illegals to defeat Texas's barriers. This is the type of thing to start doing the tit for tat. There's several things we should be doing. I'm not hearing any of that mm-hmm. because the top line message is it's a Trump. Well, OK, well, what about it? Trump, 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 Trump. So then in, in the minds of the voters, what do they hear? Trump. In other words, it means to, to cut through the bullcrap, the, their solution is nominate Donald Trump. Okay, that's, let's just cut through it. That's what they want. So to talk about a defund fight takes away from that. And if you actually had the fight now and you succeeded and Democrats are like, yeah, it's not worth it, you know, go into election, let's swap out Biden for, for Gavin Newsom, move on to a different strategy. Well, now you got, now you got a problem. Again, Steve, it's not a movement. What you're asking is what a movement would do, not what an industry would do. Thank you, my friend. Always good to see you. Take care. God bless. Take care. You bet. Brought to you by our friends over at Relief Factor. If you are struggling with too much chronic pain, which means you've got too much inflammation in the body, get the all-natural anti-inflammatory that is drug-free, but it was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs just for you, and they are so confident that it will work. That they offer the first three weeks to you for just 20 bucks. Just 20 bucks to see if you don't see a difference in your pain level, your soreness level, your stiffness level in three weeks or less. Why do they do that? Because about 70% of the time, people see such great results that they stick around and do this long term. If that could be you and you want to find out, why not? It's just 20 bucks to find out. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com or call 800-4, the number 4, 800-4-RELIEF. That's 800-4-RELIEF or go to ReliefFactor.com. All right. Thoughts on the conversation we just had with Daniel Horowitz? Well, his last words there are the whole ball game, and they often are. Uh, movement or industry, movement or industry, movement or industry. Listen, I talked to you about how important it was uh, last Friday when the people of Iowa booed Mike Pence. They, they right there said, no, we're going we're gonna to be a movement. We're not going to be an industry. It's not just going to be polite golf claps. No, no, no. We don't have time for that nonsense. But you got to ask yourself hard questions. Don't just default to say, oh, definitely movement. Then what are you prepared to do? Mm-hmm. You cannot simply farm this out. You are a citizen. We the people. 
It's yours to do, to apply the pressure that makes them never think they can get away with this. They keep getting away with this because they always think they can, and they always think they can, largely because of what they think of you. And you prove them right a lot. You really, if you ask yourself, you really want to be a movement, your life is going to have to change. And a lot of you don't want to do that. Yeah, I... (laughs) Outsourcing has always been associated with corporate bigwigs trying to save a nickel and dime here in order to meet, you know, their stock goals or their shareholder goals. Outsourcing has long been a tradition in this country in every facet of life. We outsource parenting to the public schools. We outsource caring for the sick and the poor. Well, we, you know, we used to build hospitals. Now we just rely on government money Aaron to do that. It. Outsourcing has been the biggest, the biggest detriment. We think that, and it's, it, it was a natural temptation of a, of a country as prosperous as this one, that we can just throw money at something and let somebody else do the job that really belongs to us personally. And you can look around everywhere. You can see the, the bad fruits of that everywhere. So, so we're not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. They have the will. We need more of it, basically. Yes. Yeah. That'll do it for today's show. We're going to stick around and do overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck, right here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.